ready to grow your business by building relationships online and offline? Are you looking for a system to attract new prospects and nurture your past clients? Maybe you're a business owner, a sales professional, or an entrepreneur. If you are, then great. Join me, Janice Porter, as we blast past your barriers to success and explore the power of relationships for your business. And welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. I'm Janice Porter. I'm your host. And today I have with me Sam Leibovitz, and he is my special guest today and a new friend, I'd like to say. So welcome, Sam, first of all. Thank you, Janice. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. Sam is known as the conscious, yes, the conscious consultant. He's a mentor, a coach, a speaker, a healer, a serial entrepreneur, and the author of a very new book that's just released recently called Everyday Awakening, which is subtitled, You Are More Powerful Than You Know. And we're going to get into that a little bit today, too. I'm excited about that. Um, Sam has been in business since 1993 and has owned several successful businesses. His current ventures include Talking Alternative Broadcasting and Double Diamond Wellness. He lives in Manhattan and has lectured in several venues in New York City, including being a featured speaker at TEDx Upper West Side in 2016. That must have been an exciting experience. Yeah, Um, it was. Definitely in New York. So welcome, Sam, again, and I'm really excited to get into conversation with you. Um, First of all, my podcast is all about relationships and relationships in business, and I know that your focus is more on the relationship with self, which, of course, is where it all starts. So I think we should dig in right away to your new book, because I think that is all about relationship with self. Would you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there is a whole chapter. There's a whole uh, part in there that's just about connection, community and relationships. But there are many things throughout the whole book that are all about how do we connect to ourselves and really be present because presence is essential for having a good relationship with other people. So first, it's about cultivating presence with ourselves, what's going on within us, because if we're having all these thoughts and all these stories running around inside our head, and we're worried about what's going to happen tomorrow or what happened yesterday, and we're not really being present to who and what's right in front of us, then we're not really connecting. And and this, to me, is one of the biggest challenges I see because we're so distracted. There's so many things going on all at the same time that to really take a breath and just be present to the person who we're talking to, it's not as easy as it used to be. It so is not. You have absolutely hit a perfect nail on the head. And it's one of the things I struggle with a lot. And I have to say that I have the light of my life, my little granddaughter, who's 16 months old, and I've been helping my daughter out um, babysitting her. And she's teaching me that lesson in spades because I have to pay attention to her. And I want to pay attention to her because they grow up so quickly, right? right? And I waited so long to be a grandmother and that I am just 
like in delight of it every moment mm. we are together. And I've just gone through two days of babysitting where I couldn't work because I was babysitting. And it, it has its pull and push me kind of um, reality about it because there's things I need to attend to with my business. But honestly, the time spent with her, focus, focus, focus. And, and that is so important. I already was sidetracking here when I was talking to you, trying to find something um, that you had sent me. And, um, and okay, so, so how do you teach people to be conscious of being present? What are, you know, do you, is it something you can teach? I'm not so sure it's something that I necessarily teach. I'm more like shine a light on things and then people have to do their own work. Of course. You know, it's, it's much more of an experience than anything else. And so what I try and point out is <clears throat> for people to see where, uh, where are the things that are taking them out of presence? Right. What are the voices running around inside yeah. our heads mm -hmm. that are telling us we're not good enough? We should have done this, should have done that. Like should is 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 like a big red flag for me. Like yeah, you I, I try to say there are no shoulds, but I do catch myself occasionally. We, we all do. We all, look, yeah. we're human beings. And that's yeah. another big thing is we don't allow ourselves to be human beings that much. We don't allow ourselves to be OK with just making mistakes and, and not really always, uh, you know, being perfect, right? There, there's something inside of us that makes us think like, oh, I've got to be perfect. I got to do more, be more, achieve more. And it's come on, we're human beings. We're here to enjoy life. What's the point of all the doing all this stuff if we're not enjoying life? And to me, this is one of the big lessons of the pandemic. Like you're having the experience of people sp having to spend a lot more time with their family, with their children. Yeah they may never get another opportunity like this again in their lifetime. And it's learning to appreciate the relationships, learning to appreciate being in another person's presence. I mean, my God, I'm such a social person. And, and while, yeah, I have tons of meetings on Zoom and, and seeing people virtually, I, I want to hug. I want to just like see my friends and get together and have a party and be in somebody's space. Because when you're really present with someone and you're in their physical space, there's so much rich information there. You, you, you get like little nuances. You, you can feel their energy. It's so true. So true. I, I yeah. just saw um, one of the pieces I brought up that was praised for your book. And the very first thing I'm reading here is from uh, Teresa de Grobroff on um, what's, uh, what's the evol Evolutionary Business Council, right. yes. So the She's first wonderful. thing she quotes is, we are perfectly imperfect, a great opening for a book that is truly that perfect in all its humanity. What a beautiful thing to say. Um, and I love that phrase, perfectly yeah. imperfect, because I, I'm one of those people that with certain things I suffer from, it has to be perfect or, mm. you know, I can't do it. And that isn't here. We have to have that imperfection to make us human. And, and look at your granddaughter, right? I when know. she, when she's trying to walk and falls down, does she beat herself up? Oh my God, I didn't walk perfectly. What? I, no. no, she like laughs it off, gets up and yeah. walks again until she oh, falls yeah. down. Yeah, it's you know, we, There's so much to learn from little children about how to just be in the world. And, and are you a parent, Sam? 
Uh, no, I'm not. I have nieces and nephews, but no, none of my own. Okay, but you see it in younger people, right? And now today, um, when you say about being present, and I think this is such an important piece, that there's so many, um, you know, our phones, for example, is the yeah. biggest distraction that we have. And, um, and we are constantly distracted. And one of the things on Zoom that I have to train myself more to do is to look at my camera because right. if I'm looking at the picture of you on the screen, I'm not really looking at you in the eye, right? So um, <laughs> it's that in itself is a challenge um, that is so different when you're in face-to-face -face communication, right? It's just different. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's um, it, now again, it, it is good in some ways because we can connect with people all over the world Absolutely. this way. And on the same thing, it does not replace in-person connection. Right. It, it, it's a different type of connection. It has its place, but it's not a replacement. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, okay, your book is um, in your consciousness right now and, and doing very well. Um, I think you, you uh, achieved number one uh, bestseller in, uh, three different categories when yeah. it launched just recently. You've had a lot of um, uh, buzz on LinkedIn. That's my my home. I, I'm on there a lot. So I noticed that, which is very exciting. Um, you yourself uh, run a radio show, correct? And how mm -hmm. yeah, many I, I, years? I, I run a whole network. Oh, that's a, right. A radio you have station. your own show, but you have other uh, radio hosts as right. well. Is right. it all around the same um, theme? Well, our the brand for the station, the talkradio.nyc, is around inspiring, uplifting, educating um, people around the world and empowering them. So uh, we have all kinds of different shows. You know, we have some shows. You know, my show is more of like a personal spiritual development kind of show. Is another show like that. But we have some very business-related shows that are very educational. Mm -hmm. um, we have some what I call slice-of-life shows. And we also have a really fascinating show that's all about a history of different New York neighborhoods. And mm -hmm. I'm a native New Yorker, and so I, I, I still learn something new every week. I love that show, Rediscovering oh, New really? York. And, and we've been growing a lot. Actually, there's been a lot more interest in people joining the network since the pandemic, because now people realize they need more visibility online. They want to connect with people. And now that we're doing everything, we used to do everything in studio, in person, and now mm -hmm. we're doing things virtually. So I'm literally working with people all over the place. They don't have to be in New York City yeah, anymore. So it's it's really nice to see. I mean, I'm, I'm so blessed and so fortunate. I know there's a lot of people out there struggling, a lot of people whose businesses are suffering a lot. I, I have to say I'm, I'm quite fortunate in that my business is actually growing and during this time yeah there's a lot of people that i mean i was online that's how i do most of my business to have for a long time so i work from home it's not a change for me is that coffee cup big enough <laughs> it's tea it's <laughs> oh, tea i promise back. it's tea oh that's okay um so um i wanted to ask you well, first of all, no, you said something about being a native New Yorker and this show that is on your uh, radio network. It made me think of the very, very first time I went to New York. And 
Uh, I love New York. I haven't been there a lot, but my daughter, one of my daughters lived in New York for four years. And so I did go a couple of times, but the very first time I went there, she wasn't living there yet. And we took my girlfriends and I, we took the, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, um, mandatory uh, bus tour in New York, but we didn't take the Greyhound one. We took one from this guy called the King of New York or something. And okay. I forget, it was many years ago, but he was an education in himself. And so it was a smaller tour. And he was, of course, the speaker, you know, explained all the boroughs, explained uh, uptown, midtown, downtown, and kind of gave us a whole thing around New York that stayed with me. And so he was a good teacher in that respect. And I always remember that. Um, I think it was like, yeah, the King of New York tours or something. He was quite an interesting huh. guy. And I'm sure he's not around still, but uh, it made me think that um, there are many stories uh, about the history of New York that we don't know and so on. So yeah. And many characters, many, yes, many, many, many characters, characters here in New exactly, York. Exactly. Exactly. So tell me about what you do on a, um, on a daily basis. Like, are you a coach? Do you coach? I, I hate to use that word. If you don't want me to, I, I just want to be clear on, do you work one-to-one -one with people? Do you? Yeah. Okay. Tell me a bit about that. Is this so, diamond, double diamond wellness? So, so yes. Yeah. So, so I also run the small wellness center, which is me and my wife. My wife is a therapist. I do energy work and I, I prefer to use the term mentoring work because a coach is sort of a very specific thing. It's way overused. And there's a lot of people who are coaches who don't have a lot of experience. I agree. Uh, for me, it's more like mentoring and I try and work with people. And, and what I do that's a little bit different is Typically, and not always, sometimes people come in for personal stuff, but typically people come to me because they're stuck in their business, in their career, they're facing some kind of challenge. And so that's what they're seeking help for. And usually because if it's something that's affecting how much money we make, we're more likely to seek out help and actually pay someone. But inevitably talking with people, you learn that, you know what, if if they're having some challenge with a, with a personality in the office, it's the same challenge they're having elsewhere in their life. If there's a certain situation that they're struggling with, they're struggling with that same situation elsewhere. It might not manifest exactly the same, but there's an underlying energetic pattern. And that's what I do is I look for what is that underlying energetic pattern that we need to shed some light on, become conscious of, and then sort of shift our perspective around it, rewrite the story, maybe develop some new practices that help us to have a better way of dealing with what happens when we get triggered with something. And so I do that one-on-one -on -one group programs. I do some seminars. I do a spoon bending workshop. I haven't done it in quite a while. actually. <laughs> oh yeah. That's a, that's that a fun like one. Fun. That's really, but, but all my work is designed and how I work with people is, I want people to understand like they are powerful creators and that I don't want anyone to be reliant on me. I want people to be self-empowered. So my way I work with people is showing them the resources that they already have and teaching them that everything we need is already inside of us. We just need to learn to listen to it, sit still, pay attention so that they don't need another guru. They don't have to keep going to seminars. I mean, not saying that we should stop going to seminars. They're great things to learn. Yeah. 
but we go to them from a place of joy and a place of desire, not from a place of, oh, there's something wrong with me and I need to be fixed. That, that's one of the things I want to get off the table right away. There's nothing wrong with you. You don't need to be fixed. Doesn't mean you can't do some things a little bit better, but that doesn't mean you're broken. That's really great advice, actually. Um, one of the things you just said made me think of one of my mentors who always says the stories in your mind become the stories of your life. And along with that has said, you know, if that story isn't working, change the story. Right. Right. And it seems so simplistic and that there's all, so much um, baggage that we bring with the story that we have. Is it really possible to change that story that quickly? And, and yeah, the answer is it is. And for some people, it's not. And, you know, when you listen to someone's story, you you have to realize there's always two parts to the story. Mm -hmm. There's the factual things of what actually happened. Mm -hmm. And then there's the interpretation around what happened. Right. So we don't necessarily, we don't need to change the factual stuff around what happened. It's the interpretation that we can change. Mm -hmm. And, and I know for myself personally, it, it was from doing my own work, it, one of the biggest liberations that I got was being able to see my mom before she passed as just a human being, as just not as a mother, yes. but as a, a, just an individual human being who was doing the best she can with what she had. And it gave me so much more appreciation for her than I ever had in my life. I had that same experience. Actually. Really? Yes. Yeah. Um, for so many years, I saw my mom as, um, as someone who didn't, um, who was trying to attain more respect and whatever from us her family but she was always in my dad's shadow but he died fairly young and it wasn't very pleasant when he died but I learned that to see my mother differently more so later in her life when she was um ill but yes I had this epiphany that there was a different way to see my mom and she was an amazing woman and it was so nice to have that shift before she died and that's exactly what you just said i'd never thought about it until then and and that can be one of the most powerful things to shift our stories yes because once we can see our mother and our father who are or the mother and father figure in our life who are the primary generators of our experiences when we're very young once we can learn to see them as individual people yeah. not as mothers and fathers, but just as individual people, then our stories around the things they said and the things they did can shift in a heartbeat. By the same token, I, I'm thinking that about my two adult children. Mm. I still, they'll always be my kids. So I always think of them from the mother perspective, but they're also grown women. Absolutely. Yeah. And they're also individuals and adults. And, and, uh, I like to try and think of things a little more, I don't know, a, a, a little more in a community fashion. Okay. So as opposed to saying they're your kids, they're everyone's kids. They're just children. You know, in, in 
certain indigenous villages and tribes, they've discovered how they operate. And it's the same way things used to be thousands and thousands of years ago before we became an agrarian society. You had a village. There was actually no such thing as marriage. Marriage was only created once there was property and we were worried about who inherited the property. And the children were the children of everybody in the village. It takes a village, right? That's right. where that comes from. Right. And, and so <clears throat> you didn't look at a child as your child. They're mm -hmm. our children. Wow. Yes, that's different for sure. Yeah. So what would you say um, you feel is your... Um, not your biggest gift, but how you, maybe it is, maybe it's connected in that, um, how you best help people. I know that I'm generalizing in a sense because everybody's different, but what do you feel makes you unique in your gifts to the work that you do? Well, a lot of it comes from just having done a lot of my own work. Okay. I mean, in addition to like seminars and classes and therapy. I've been doing this shamanic work for the last six and a half years that has completely shifted my life. Oh, talk about that. Um, in, in a moment. Oh, but, yeah. <laughs> but, but what people say to me now is they just feel safe being in my presence. Oh, okay. I can and see that. And, and a lot of that comes from me learning to be more safe with myself. It, it, it's having done the work and having just accepting myself as a human being and not having to be perfect and knowing that everything actually happens for us and not to us oh, yeah. that I, I can be a little more at ease. I can relax. I can just take a breath. And so because I'm able to have that kind of energy around me, other people feel safe around me. And when people feel safe around you, you can do deeper work with them. You can allow them to really, they actually allow themselves to face things that maybe they've never faced before because now they feel they're in a safe container. So I think what I'm hearing is that it all comes from doing the work oneself to shift from, because this, the phrase you just said, I, things happen for us, not to us. To me, that's like, I told you I have two grown-up daughters, and sometimes I hear things that feel to me as though uh, one of them is saying, you know, things are happening to me. It's, it's, mm. it's not my fault. You know, and that to me is like, we haven't grown up enough yet. We haven't accepted that we are the master of our own fate. And so how does that, can that yeah, happen it, with... It, it's not even so much that it's not a really a maturity thing. It's more a programming that we get from the time we're little oh. kids that, you know, we, we're disempowered many different ways through society. We, we go to school, we're told what to do. We're told when we can go to the bathroom. We're told when we have to eat, you know, we're, 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 we're not given the opportunity to truly be our authentic selves. So then by the time we're older and we get out and now we're in the work environment and now our boss is telling us what to do and what time we have to be in the work, in the office and everything else, we're even further disempowered. So it's very easy to fall into this mindset of things are happening to me. 
but what it takes is really a shift in perspective in a way of looking at things over a broader period of time. Because inevitably with everyone that I've worked with, I always say the same thing. I go look for myself personally. I had things happen to me 25, 30 years ago that at the time I was going through, they were excruciatingly painful and I couldn't wait for it to stop. And I was like, it was the most awful thing that happened, quote unquote, to me. Mm -hmm. But now I look at it and I go, oh my God, because of those experiences I had back then, that's what's made me who I am today and, and has given me this desire to help people and to work on myself and to be a better person. So it actually happened for me, not to me. Now, if you said that to me in the moment, I would be like, you're nuts. This is just crazy. But now I have the perspective. And most people have something like that, even if it's a small thing. We all have something that happened to us sometime in life that at the time it was happening, it was the most god-awful, horrible thing. And now years later, we can look back on it and go, oh my God, I grew so much. Oh, it was such a fun time of my life. Whatever you want to say. So I always say to people, well, if there's something like that, then, then how do we know in the moment whether something quote unquote is really good or not? I say, we don't. So let's just put it off 24 hours. You know, I'm not into telling people like never have any judgment, just put it off 24 hours and wait and see. And then if it's not clear in 24 hours, you know what you do? Nothing. Wait another 24 oh. hours. <laughs> so the thing is, if you just keep putting off judging things, one day at a time, as opposed to making it some yeah. huge big thing, then eventually you get to that point of like a year, two years, 10 years go by. And then you look at it and go, wow, actually that thing wasn't so bad. And because we didn't judge it as bad, we were able to get through it much easier. And, and this is like so important, especially when you're dealing with other people is sometimes someone's getting upset at you and yelling at you and you think it's all about you. And actually it has nothing to do with you. But in the moment, we think it's such a horrible thing. But if we say, if we pull back for a moment, take a breath and go, hmm, this person is really yelling at me. I don't think it's really about me. It might be, but I don't think so. <laughs> let me take a step back. And then you, you, you wait and you let them release whatever they got to release. And then you say, is it, was there something bothering you before we got together? Was something happening before? And then you find out like this happened or that happened, or they just got a phone call and they might be sick, and, you know, all these things. And then this whole interaction suddenly makes sense because it wasn't about you at all. It was about something completely different in their life. And, and that's a huge lesson for people is it's almost never about us. It's always about what's going on for the other person. Yeah, that's a great lesson for sure. So, Tell me about the shamanism thing. Oh, the shamanism? Shaman. It, 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 it's a really interesting work. It, it comes from this Peruvian lineage holder, umpteenth generation lineage holder, who came to the States back when he was a teenager, like 45 years ago, and was trying to introduce people to ways of his tribe down in Peru. And at the time, you know, people partying, doing all this stuff, they weren't interested. So he went back, got a couple of PhDs and- oh and. My created like this body of work. He's actually, he calls himself a psychocartographer because he creates these maps of what goes on inside of us. And he created this body of work that's much more accessible for people in the West. And so he looked at uh, indigenous traditions from around the globe, from, from India, China, South America, Africa, everywhere, Native American. 
and, and he's created this body of work that's much more accessible that's very experiential where we do get together in community in cer in a ceremonial fashion to really shift and change. Now, of course, now with the pandemic and everything, we're just getting together virtually and not in person, but it's, it's built upon ancient, ancient uh, work that that's very profound. And for me, I like to say like, I'm, I'm a person who tries to take this ancient wisdom and bring it into modern times the way he has. He's like my role model. Mm -hmm. And it's, and it's this great, great stuff that's existed for thousands and thousands of years. And it's withstood the test of time. It wouldn't be still around 5,000 years later if there wasn't something right. to it, but make it relevant for today. How does it help us in our daily life? How does it empower us? Because that's what the world needs. Mm -hmm. The world needs more empowered, actualized human beings who can show up in, in, a, in a place of service, in a place of gratitude, and, and, and with a desire to just be a better role model, because ultimately we can't change other people. Right. We can only change ourselves but by changing ourselves, we can become a better role model for other people and thereby our influence in, in a positive way of the world increases tremendously. And, and that's kind of like my book. It's, it's this whole series of like different blog posts, different thoughts, different shifts in perspective that are all designed to help people to understand that they are creators, to understand that they are more powerful, that they realize. And merely by paying attention more to ourselves, taking care of ourselves, being kinder and gentler with ourselves, we can be kinder and gentler with other people. And we can have more of a positive effect on the world, because we feel better about ourselves. Wow, that's huge. Especially today in this crazy world with you know that especially in the United States, what you all just went through, uh, and is still happening. But you know, the world, the, the um, country was so divided and yeah. um, for very, um, for, there, there seemed to be as an observer, there seemed to be a lot of people not really thinking before they act, you know, and not putting much thought into, I mean, there's a divide for sure, but um, a lot of pain, a lot of anger. There was a lot of things that were just suppressed yeah. for so long that something was going to happen to ignite it and allow it to come out. And this just happened to be it for us, but it could have been something different, but mm -hmm. it, you know, things need to come to the surface so that we can integrate it so that we can shine some light on it so that we can heal those wounds so that we can then come back together and, and be stronger. But if we don't acknowledge our pain, if we don't acknowledge our anger, it festers and it grows and it becomes like a cancer. And literally, they've done studies like our emotional health is directly related to our physical health. Mm -hmm. and, and, and if we're not healthy emotionally, we're not going to be healthy physically. Yeah, that's I've experienced that with mostly with my father and dealing with things mm. with my father. But for sure, um, I saw it in him. You know, I think he got sick because he put himself under a lot of stress um, mm. for things that he was doing that he shouldn't have been doing. And, um, and I think it killed him in the end. The cancer got him, you know? Yep. Um, yep. So this has been delightful. Um, 
I want to ask you two, two things from my list. I don't always ask all the questions on my list, but number one, do you have a favorite quote? Uh, it, it has to be life happens for you and not to you. Mm, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. From my, from my dear friend, Jennifer Huff. Oh, okay. So it wasn't you that, that created that. It was somebody else. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. And what would you say to, um, my favorite thing is about, my favorite word is curiosity. So, mm. uh, and I know you are a curious person, just having talked about the shamanism thing that you uh, were obviously curious about. So what are you usually curious about? What, what you will, you will people. have to just people. Okay. People, people are fascinating to me. You know, the, the, their experiences, why they do what they do, their ideas. I just, I find people fascinating. I think it takes a really special person to look at that and observe that what people are doing and, and be fascinated and curious about them and not judge. Yeah. Because I'm a judger and I, yeah. I have to, you know, that's one of my sins in a sense. Mm -hmm. And I was born in Virgo and I swear that's because I'm a detail oriented <laughs> person, but that also means I get very critical of people and yeah. here's the, the yin and yang of it in my mind. But um, what sign are you? I am uh, right on the cusp between a Pisces and Aquarius. Oh, see, two signs I don't know that much about. Uh, so the an air sign water. and a water sign. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. the water bearer and the fish. Yeah. Um, I'm one degree into Pisces, so I'm just <laughs> over the line, but I have plenty of planets in Aquarius, so yeah. I have lots of Aquarian traits. You're fascinating, Sam. I really enjoyed our <laughs> conversation, and I know we could probably talk for hours. Um, yeah. I think the next... Um, rule of order is for me to dig into that book and uh, find out more about the everyday awakening and uh, becoming more powerful than I know. Mm. And uh, would you like to give one piece of advice, one last thing for one special thing to my audience? My audience are entrepreneurs, small business owners, sales professionals. Sure. One of the most powerful tools we have that we don't use is our breath. And so before you're going into a meeting, whatever kinds of virtual meeting, in-person meeting, no matter what kind of meeting, a sales meeting, interview, whatever kind of thing, just stop for a moment, take two or three deep breaths. It calms down the nervous system. It opens us up. It helps us to be a little more present. And if you really want to supercharge that, put intention behind it. Just take a couple of breaths and what is your intention behind this meeting, this connection you're about to make? My friend that I introduced you to, Cheryl, calls that the mindful minute. Yeah, there you go. Yes, three deep breaths and the intention behind it. I, As soon as I finish the training, I forget. So I need to put a sticky note and talk to them about that. <laughs> so thank you for that because that's a very, very good um, uh piece of advice. I, I like simple things. I'm a simple guy. I like simple, practical things, but it's so, just so true. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that. And thank you for being my guest today and for coming into my life. I feel as though it's going to, uh, I want to continue the conversation and maybe have you come back another time and talk, we'll talk about something else. 
Sure, I would love to. Thank you so much, Janice. I really appreciate it, especially like you having me on my show. We we don't even know each other that well yet, and it, it's been a pleasure. Getting yes, it's right? a pleasure getting to know you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much. And to my audience, thank you for being here. Please leave us a review. Let us know your thoughts. And I will put uh, how you can get hold of Sam and his book in the show notes. So again, stay connected and be remembered. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship, and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share this episode. If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comment sections below. If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes. And remember to stay connected and be remembered.